0: Hey everyone, just a quick heads up before the show that this podcast does include spoilers from the writings of J.R.R. Tolkien and any trailers for the Rings of Power show, so if you absolutely want to avoid any possible spoilers, this may not be the show for you. But I think you'll find if you listen that it enhances the show rather than detracts from it, because we, even though we've read the books, still have a great deal of mystery around what is going to happen. So if you are interested in the theorizing, please enjoy the show. You have my sword. And you have my bow.
1: And my podcast?
0: Hello and welcome to the Pods of Power podcast. Today we are going to be recapping episode 7 of the Rings of Power, the penultimate episode titled The Eye. And joining me today to help me break this episode down, Uh, he's a little sad because his daddy just took away his mithril pills. It's Quentin. How am I to get the light of the Eldar now? Uh, You only have one nugget. but I I can feel my soul (laughs) fading. Uh, So now we we are almost done with the season. Um, What did you think of the penultimate episode? So... Okay, so while I was watching it,
1: I thought this might be my favorite episode. Now, there's a couple moments that, mm, I, you know, people might have some issues with, and I can understand that. But I will say that just just the Galadriel parts alone were enough to make it probably, if not my favorite episode, like right
0: up there with the best episodes of the series. Mm. What okay. about you? So I... <sighs> as i there was there's a well and i will talk about this later there was a moment uh while i was watching the episode where i had a bit of a crisis about where this show is going um i thought like overall the episode itself as just you know as a episode of tv was good i thought it was a good episode but i am now gravely concerned about the future of this show (laughs) gravely concerned, and i (laughs) could not i could not separate that from my head while i was watching the episode yeah so Uh, i can
1: definitely see where you might have some concerns yeah yes yes but we we can get to those. but okay as an episode on its own without thinking like two steps ahead of the plot good or bad for you
0: good yeah i would say this was one of the better ones as a, just an episode, like there is some weird writing. There's still some weird editing. Yeah. Uh But I thought like, as, as like a narrative episode of TV, it was, it was, it was good. It was one of my favorite ones. I think I agree, mm-hmm. like the gladiatorial stuff and just like the quality of cinematography and set design was mm-hmm. just extremely high with like the recreation of like, mordor after a volcano um that was all like so well done but really see all the money on the screen for sure yeah and but it's just i could not separate from my head just like some like weird feelings about where the show is going and then also there was (laughs) two editing moments that like completely pulled me out of the show well i can Um, guess one of them for sure i think everybody can guess one yeah (laughs) that the very ending of the show was just like, what? Yes,
1: <laughs> but honestly, uh, I, mean, I don't want to like get ahead of us, but I don't think it's, 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 it's kind of a standalone scene. It's, I think it's fun yeah. to talk about it. I was just so relieved that Adar didn't say, cause they were like, yeah, what should we yeah, call yeah. it? I was so relieved that Adar didn't say Mordor that when it just showed on the screen, I was like, what a relief, <laughs> <laughs> what a relief. <laughs> because that would have been an all time oh, hokey yeah. moment. Adar is just like
0: staring off in the distance.
1: Mordor. I
0: did. I did see people like talking about after the show that they're like, that it was. It must. It had to have been like they got in there and they edited this episode together, and they're they're like, well, he doesn't say it, but we do. People know what he means, and then they came to the conclusion that people don't know what he means, and decided to like tack on that weird script was just uh, like, but I was like, you don't even need to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. I will say, I think there's probably a lot of casual fans out there who did, who wouldn't realize like that, that don't really, they're not familiar with the maps. Yeah. They're not like putting two and two together that this is Mordor. So I could see that they want to, they want to say it in some way, but yeah, there's gotta be a better way. They could even just have the map.
0: That's just what like I was zoom thinking. out on the map
1: yeah. and show it as Mordor now you know yeah
0: that's what i thought would have actually been the best is like because they've shown like the soft edit with the map like pull out on the map and have like the map and a black cloud come over the mountains and it's mordor like yeah i would like that would have been so much better like the text just transitioning looked so cheap
1: yeah and and it's not like they're using text on other spots where it's like we go to a location and then it uses the text up on the screen. Like they don't really ever do that.
0: They did it like once. Yeah. They did it like one time in the first episode or two, but it's not something they've been doing frequently enough to, because they've
1: been using the map to do that
0: instead, right? They've been like moving across the map. Yeah. So it was, it was weird editing and I agree. I'm glad, glad they didn't have Adar say it because it would have been hokey. And it also doesn't really make sense for him to call it Mordor because he isn't right. long, like named it Mordor so exactly. exactly um but we can jump into so I think we'll jump into the episode and then after the episode I want to break down my concerns and just some of the my like this episode really exposed some of the, the what I think are the weaknesses in like the writing of the show um how this episode interacted with like the previous episodes of the show I thought really exposed some like weak writing. Um, okay. But we can just jump into it. So we can go through, I think, what is probably both of our favorite storyline then, which is like Galadriel and Theo kind of spending most of the episode together. Um, so we get them, we get them waking up and then they kind of go off by themselves and eventually find their way back to camp. But what were your thoughts overall on this storyline? I definitely,
1: I liked it for the Galadriel part really only. I mean, I definitely enjoyed it as a storyline because of that. Theo himself as a character, I've never really like felt very connected to. And I don't know how well he works as a character, but it was so nice to see Galadriel finally have some depth um, and like wisdom, some insight and just, just some like introspection uh, in a way that we haven't seen her character show before. Like her character's finally not one note. And I think you can definitely see where they're going because we know where they end up or where they likely end up, which is the kind of Lord of the Rings version of Galadriel. So yeah. I, I'm I encouraged for sure that they have, they kind of have her on that journey. I do feel it's a little weirdly abrupt to have her be completely one note and then now, like, transition obviously, this yeah. is a major moment for her character, so I get why they're what they're trying to do there, but I think it's something that just kind of showcases a little bit of the weakness of the writing of the show that we never really saw introspection from her at all. Like, it would have been nice for them to show her in some like pensive moments, doubting herself yeah. or something before this to give us an indication that she is not just like completely idiotic driven by anger
0: yeah yeah i think that was that was my biggest like question was like okay i liked where they i liked where they went but it was like okay does this is this really been earned and i wasn't sure because she definitely takes like a very hard pivot in this episode just from yeah. last episode like last episode she's talking about killing every single orc and then theo in this episode talked about wanting to kill all the orcs and she's like no like don't don't give in to like darkness, um, so that's obviously like a super hard pivot um and I was like yeah. I was kind of I wasn't sure if it was totally earned. I agree it would have been nice to have some more introspection from her earlier or have i think having someone confront her with the reality of what she's caused would have been nice, yeah. I mean she's confronted herself with it by seeing it, but yeah. Being told that, like, because it—I mean, it is like when you really look at it, it is like kind of her fault <laughs> that like well, the Numenorians ended up in like yeah. all of this. It's her,
1: it's her fault that the Numenorians ended up yeah. there, but it's not her fault that the that Mount Doom erupted. That would have happened regardless. Yeah, and the Southlanders would have gotten you know wiped out. So, I, like, I get that it was a major and traumatic moment for her, and I think they set, they played that pretty well. So, like, you can. You do have some kind of impetus for the dramatic character shift. It's just, yeah, it, there is a better way to write that, I think. But with that said, I'm happy with where they are right now with the character. I like that the character's in the space she is now. I'll say that.
0: How do you feel about uh, her talking about how you know she, she's, you know, fighting for her brother? And oh, by the way, my husband died too. <laughs>
1: okay. So I didn't get... Okay, I I noticed there's a lot of people on the internet that have a problem with it. I I think that this... That that's fine. Like, because... Okay. Her brother goes off... The story of the show is that her brother searches for Sauron and dies, and, like, clearly Sauron killed him. Yeah. And she gets his body, and she, like... So she has this, like, reason for wanting revenge versus her husband simply disappearing when he goes off to war gives you less of a like driving need for revenge. And I think if you combine that with like, if you imagine the trauma of the character, like she might never want to talk about her husband. And I think it's interesting that it takes this kind of moment and this kind of shift for her to bring up Celeborn to anyone. So I think it actually works with the writing. If you think of it as some like deep trauma she has, but it's not the kind of thing that's just like rage inducing, like seeing her brother marked with Sauron's symbol, it's more so just like really awful and traumatic for her to have lost her husband and he disappeared in that way. I think it makes sense for her character to be more driven by the revenge factor when it comes to her brother than
0: by her husband. yeah, I I I wish it would have I wish it the only thing I I see what you're saying. I I get I get that point. I wish it would have come up before now. Not in, and maybe it doesn't even need to be like a conversation. Maybe it's like you know, he's he's presumed she thinks he's dead. So maybe she I don't know, before she leaves to sail to Valinor, someone would mention to her that like Caliborn might be waiting for you there. Or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, it just pulled me out of the episode because it's like, holy crap. Like, it hasn't come up till now. Like, this has been like, it's been like a thing that book readers have been like, what's, what's, what are they going to do with this? And then to just like drop it in a conversation like that casually kind of just like didn't let me appreciate the moment. It just like completely took me out of it. Yeah. Or like even have her go to like in a private moment, like, goes to his grave or something. I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think on one hand, I think the show did kind of want to hold on to it as a mystery, which I don't really like that they're like, oh, we want people to wonder what happened to Keleborn. Yeah. that's You could just tell us. And it's not like they set it up in some way to make it this huge payoff. They just kind of put it in there. So it's not like they're like, oh, we wanted to be this huge mystery, and then we have this huge payoff. That's not really what happens. So that's a little weird. But then from a story perspective, it's not like she has many conversations with people who know her in the show. Like she has one con like one and a half conversations with Elrond and that's it. So there's not really a lot of moments. Like that's where it would have come up. Obviously. Yeah. I don't really have a huge problem with it. I, I was happy to learn that he's going to be in the show. Um, What do you think? Like, how do you think they're going to introduce him? Because I've heard some numerous theories on this.
0: Yeah, I... I don't know, like, because, like... Okay, so the first theory I thought was, like... Like, the first thing I thought, and I think everybody is on the same page, is like, okay, well, he's obviously not dead. Um, or he's obviously not going to be dead the whole show, I guess I should say. Yeah. Uh, so my first thought was, like, okay, he's, like, somewhere else in Middle Earth. But I honestly could not come up with a good explanation that would make sense for where he's been.
1: Okay, my 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 mind initially went to like oh he like got separated and like maybe he is like founding the the realm in lorien now and she'll eventually find him there but then i was like what kind of an asshole husband isn't yeah. looking for his wife exactly so, you know so obviously yeah. that would not make sense so i have two theories right one is that he is dead and he's the show's replacement for Glorfindel. yeah which you know Glorfindel is getting replaced <laughs> glorfandel chronically substituted so. <laughs> exactly People just are not intrigued by his. Like character Glorfindel's, like
0: like ready to go, and they're, they're, like, sure, <laughs> they're like, no, sorry, we found someone else. <laughs> Maybe they even cast a Glorfindel so
1: that they can then replace him with, Califer. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really want to commit to the bit. Uh, so I would be disappointed if that's it. Um, so my front runner is that he's in some dungeon of Sauron somewhere. Sarion's been turning around.
0: I initially thought that too, and then I thought about who Sauron might be, and then I thought that makes no sense. <laughs> well, okay. So then I was very no. confused, okay. uh, and so. then I thought more about who Sauron might be, and then this whole show started not making sense. Uh, but we can okay. later. But like
1: I'm on like <laughs> a hard edge oh of my god. If Sauron. Okay, if Halbrand is Sauron, let's not get into any leaks or anything. If Halbrand is Sauron, the show is bad and I would be horribly disappointed. So, I am operating yeah. under the assumption that Halbrand is not
0: Sauron because
1: I can't really confront that right now. Yeah. So, I,
0: if Halbrand is Sauron and he's yeah, we'll talk about it later. But if 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 there if Halbrand is Sauron, then like if he's if he's if he's not being manipulative the whole time, he would have definitely said something about Caliborn. Too gladriel, it would seem like, or somebody, or he would have come up. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But I actually think the most likely one is that they do replace Glorfindel with Caliborn. Um, yeah, but I, I could definitely see that happening. Which would be too bad. I mean, old Glorfindel just never getting to have his day in the sunshine. I know. I know. Um, but I, th- I, the one other thing I, I think this show is a little too addicted to like the mystery box, um, and I know this Celeborn thing wasn't like a a, a a it was only a mystery for book readers, like people who just watched the show didn't even have any idea that she had a husband. But it seems like they're a little too going after like holding information back to get people to like theorize when it actually just like kind of hurts the show, um, to not just explain it.
1: Yeah. Um, I I was thinking that too, especially in terms of the stranger storyline at this point, Yeah, Yeah. because I feel like every time you see the stranger, the driving question is who is this guy and what is he doing? And so you just lose interest in his storyline as a storyline Until you get to that point, you know, like I don't really care what he's doing with the Harfoots or whatever conflict happens with the mystics or whatever we're going to call them. Uh, It's really just like I want to get to the point of knowing who he is so that I can frame him in terms of the story, because like, where does he fit in the story? I don't know without knowing who he is.
0: Yeah. And I'm starting to get a little concerned we're not going to get an answer this season. Or even see how it fits in with the rest of the story. I mean, I'm assuming there'll be a, <clears throat> a big confrontation next week, but I I'm starting to see a world where we don't find out who he is this season. I don't know. I would
1: uh, I I would hope we at least get better hints. Yeah. Maybe we don't find out exactly, but I would hope we at least get <sighs> some better indication because I mean they are indicating more and more like he's probably some kind of wizard i mean he's definitely good we like i feel like we kind of got confirmation in the last couple episodes that he's a good character right he's not some evil
0: character yeah. i mean he's yeah he's definitely a good character now it's right. like that's like for sure right
1: and then so like they are slowly revealing it but then they kind of add the mystery element of the cultists or the mystics or whatever they're calling them yeah. and now we don't know who they are it's just one more mystery that I don't necessarily need. Yeah. Like
0: And then they've added like the they've added, oh, is the Sildor dead or is he alive? It's like, well, obviously he's alive. Even people who are just casual fans will know he's alive. Or has to be alive. So it's yeah. like, why even do that? Like I I'm getting a little annoyed with the shows like that and then the fake out deaths, where it's like Theo is looking at this lady and she's on a cot. Oh no, that's not his mom. Oh, it's like all right, stop like faking out people dying. It's getting a little annoying because we know you're yeah. not going to do it, or yeah, you're pretty sure you're not going to do it. So like, I'm getting a little annoyed with the constant fake outs. Yeah,
1: I, the writing definitely falls into some tropes, um, yeah, and can be a little unoriginal at times. With their at least with their like plotting,
0: I think their dialogue is generally
1: actually pretty good. Yeah, with, the, the character with some moments, exceptions
0: the character moments between them like when they have two characters just kind of talking it's usually pretty good it's when they're trying to move things forward I feels like it's, it's weird because in some plot lines I don't think that I think they do a really good job and then in the yeah. others I feel like it's really lacking
1: yes yeah, um, it's, it's almost like um, well like for example the Doran Elrond story it's almost like different writers wrote it, you know, because yeah. like the beats fit together so much better. It's yeah. just the, if I compare that to like Southlands, Numenor combination, there's so much more that takes me out of it. in in that storyline than in the Doran and Elrond storyline, because even the elements that I don't like are really more just like show decisions in terms of how they're going to plot things. Then like, this doesn't really fit together as a story. Like I feel like everything fits together really well as a story in the whole like Gilgalad, Aregion, khazad Doom, Elrond part.
0: I have one beef. <laughs> okay, with Gil- Gilgalad. I, I agree I agree that the Kazadoom part does, but okay, Gilgalad what, still makes beef? no sense to me as a character.
1: Okay, but only in terms of what you know of him from the books. If he was a character you knew nothing about, his character would make sense to me
0: um i i don't know i mean to me he would i, I don't know okay i i'm still very yeah I, i'm still very confused by him even just from a show standpoint of but we can we can talk about that a little bit i i do want to talk a little bit more about this show has some themes that i'm starting to really question what what they're trying to say as a show um but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit um so theo and Galadriel, um did you have any other thoughts on like the scenes where they're trying to make their way back to camp um i mean just
1: i'm one i don't i hate to like nitpick all the time because i did like the episode but uh i don't need references to lord of the rings movies anymore and like they pick and choose little moments and of course they'll like you know the where they're hiding underneath the roots of course is a callback to the hobbits hiding from the nazgul i just think the show doesn't need it and i don't know i mean surely that's got to be intentional as a reference but
0: yeah i thought it was like it was subtle enough that i didn't and it worked well enough as like a moment with them hiding that i didn't really bother me but i know what you mean like yeah it definitely was a callback to that um Also, you should be happy. The Southlands has been renamed, so you don't have to hear that anymore. You don't have to hear that anymore. Uh, oh,
1: I have a feeling uh, we're uh, still going to get some Southlands chants. Like, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm hoping we don't get any more elf lover chants. That's for sure. Oh, man. Uh, uh, anyway. So, then we, we they make their way back to camp um, and we find out that halbrand is still alive or is it halbrand um it's a he, lot of directions this one could he, go. he looks There's like a he's a mysterious on, wound he looks like he's on death's door but fortunately he's still able to ride a horse so <laughs> it's interesting that uh so halbrand says that he he says that he wishes he had died I guess he's just alluding Did to he the babies. Oh, I in. kind of forgot that right. he says, uh, "She says something like, you 'You're still alive. You survived.'" And he's like, "Part says something. I forget what exactly he says, but something like, part of me wishes I'd be, or a part I might be better off dead.'" And I guess he's talking about his wound. But I thought that was interesting, given who he might be. Um,
1: okay, what do you make of his uh, his whole wound situation?
0: Um, well, that's another... That's a situation where I can't tell if it's just bad writing or if it's, like, deviousness. Because, like, he looks I'm, like he's on death's door and then he's, like, walking around and hops on a horse.
1: Okay, I think that part is just kind of a little bit of bad writing. Um, I think the wound... I think the show's intentionally being, like, S- something's going on with this guy. You know, like yeah. they don't really explain. We just found him by the side of the road wounded. Like, I think the show has something they want to flesh out eventually there. I think there's more to the story there is kind of all I would say for now. Um, so but yes, he uh, miraculous semi-recovery, but he needs the elvish medicine. So off to Eregion
0: with you. How convenient. Um, I thought this was another example of like just like kind of weak writing where like they should have just had a line where like Galadriel would say like are you well enough to ride or something like the fact that Didn't she just not say si-
1: she said can you ride
0: she did yeah huh. I must I have missed she it does. I, I, I thought, swear she, I thought she just like basically tells him to get up and that they're gonna leave I was like at least ask the guy if he's like capable of it <laughs> uh but um i i thought it was a little weird that they just sh- they sh- and they show up up camp and then like start- a lot of our main characters just happen to have made it there safely they didn't show us anything like a here Bronwyn just all made it and how brand is there it's like they didn't show us anything and
1: i mean do you do you need a lot of walking in the ashy forest scenes i mean i don't know no it would have been, been
0: good I guess they were separated. They were in a different group, and somehow made it back. I don't know.
1: I think it's just the indication is that when the explosion happened, everyone just kind of got splintered off into their own little. I don't. I don't really understand. But. Oh, I mean, one uh, another slight nitpick is that, and I think I saw someone online mention this. There always seems to be about fifty Southlanders, no matter how many get killed. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's, Some say they just pop up out of the ground. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, mean, I saw quite a few bodies in that village, you know. That is not a good point. That many before, maybe they're just flowing in from all over the Southlands now. But something's a little weird.
0: Yeah, another nitpick that I would have is so this is this is another thing that makes me think that like it just makes me question the writing of the show. So last episode, so can they they like come across this encampment and i was like like okay that's weird like they have this whole huge encampment set up like i guess that makes that makes perfect sense that they would set up an encampment but like why didn't they just have like last episode when alendiel talks to the queen and talks about how like we'll sail for up here the river for a day and then it'll be a day's ride to you know the watchtower why wouldn't he just say like we'll sail up the river, make camp, and then from there it will be a day's ride to the watchtower. Like, let us know that there's an encampment, so it's not like yeah. out of the blue right. when it happens.
1: Right, exactly. Because, of course, I think we all got the impression from last week's episode that they were like off the boats and immediately yeah. galloping. You know, there, there wasn't any time for camp setup in that. Now, like, they don't need to have that happen. Like, they can make the timelines kind of like desynchronized in a way so that yeah, they arrived. They set up their camp, and then they rode in. But it's all a little weirdly paced, if that's yeah. the
0: case. Well, and it, like it just pulls you out of the episode because I'm like, oh, they have a camp, right? I like, I didn't know where they would go. Like, so like that pulls me out of the episode. Where his, you could have literally just like set that up with one line of dialogue in the previous episode. And then the other right. thing that pulls me out of the episode is then like when they're talking about what they're gonna do, the Bronwyn's like oh, there's an old Numenorean colony, you know, over in this, in Pilar gear. It's like, well, yeah. that came out of the blue. Like, how is that yeah, not mentioned exactly. in all of the episodes leading up to this? Like, that's right. basic setup of here is the state of Middle Earth at this point.
1: Yeah, that's something they should have told us because to just like have a throwaway line of, oh, old Numenorean colony, wait, there's colonies now? because yeah. they definitely gave us the impression that the numenorians were isolated from middle earth i mean the whole uh Farazon scene where he's talking about you know all this opportunity in middle earth like if they already have colonies in middle earth this wouldn't be such a great new thing for him
0: yeah i like exactly and like he he if there was a colony already there why did he not mention it why would he not be like we can expand our footprint even further or something yeah, like right he should have right. mentioned that they already had colonies so we knew that
1: not to mention if they have a colony why wouldn't they use that as their like base or like jumping off point right like they could go to the colony get the horses
0: and everything exactly yeah it's tough i mean here's the thing like this show is written so sloppily sometimes they could show up and like next episode and they could show up and it's like an empty town and they'd be like Yes, the Numenorians abandoned this colony centuries ago. And you just be like, "Okay, I guess that's true." But what like it just things change so much from like what you expect from episode to episode. It's like just yeah. tell us like let us know what's going on. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. Their world building is very much lacking sometimes. Like they don't really flesh things out very much and then all of a sudden you have something happen and you're kind of like out of the blue this has happened.
0: Yeah. It's like they write they write one episode and then they write the next episode, but they don't go back to the previous episode to tie in the decisions they made from the next one with the previous one. Right. So like exactly. everything feels disconnected. Uh, it's really, the, that was really frustrating me from the writing.
1: Yeah. What um, did What did you think of the uh, Ellen Deal dead Ellen Deal's reaction? All of that
0: uh are you talking about when the queen is that is saying like captain or are you talking about before when they're walking in the ashes
1: uh well like when they first tell him and he's like where's my son all that and then there's a later scene where he's like kind of like turning away and like holding back tears
0: that was okay so i said there's two weird editing moments the scene where he is holding back tears was so bizarrely edited it almost played like comedy because like he was actually doing a good job of acting but they yeah. just like hard cut it so fast yeah that i was like what like that was really weird like he sh- like they needed to hold on that moment for like a couple beats more because right. it's just like right. captain and cut to him like making a face and hard cut to like next scene like yes like give that a moment to like breathe that was bizarre. give them a
1: moment for pity's sake <laughs> speaking of references
0: to uh was a- the <laughs> uh, yeah that was a, that was definitely a callback that was weird yeah. that was yeah. that was yeah i also uh, re-watching the episode i think the thing that trumps pyroclastic flow to me is large burning logs falling on human those are some pretty that's <laughs> a pretty big shed that collapsed on a silver <laughs>
1: We don't know much about Isildur's burrowing capacity. He might—he might be a digger.
0: <laughs> I'm just—I'm I'm looking forward to the next episode where we like cut to like Beric like lifting logs with his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the other thing too is at the end of the episode we see the orcs that are like in that town. So, I guess he's a prisoner. I mean, maybe he escaped well, before or the orcs got there, but I don't see how he gets Barak- out by himself.
1: Beric may have dragged him off, <laughs> grabbed uh, him with his teeth, and taken him away.
0: I'm just, I'm just really hoping we don't get a weird uh, him washing up on the beach and having weird dreams, a la uh, Aragorn, <laughs> the worst scene from the Two we Towers. Just,
1: we just relocate
0: Isildur to the to the river river bank, <laughs> like like a woman like comes out of the mist, and he's like he's like kind of getting aroused, and it's like this his mom. <laughs> It is a dream, <laughs> uh,
1: and then his mom starts licking his face, and, <laughs> and then it's Beric.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then it is. Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I yes. I'm kind of weird about how like they're gonna. I mean, maybe they'll just have, like he'll just have escaped or so he'll just be walking through the woods. But it's kind of weird. I'm weird how he would get out of that situation
1: well and the the other thing that i mean i'm interested to see where they're going with is okay now he's separated fully from the numenoreans like they're going back to numenor he's he's gonna stay in middle earth for whatever and i guess that's probably why they have the fake out with the death you know so that he ends up getting left behind and then he can do whatever storyline they want for him in middle earth but now i'm curious to see what exactly that might be
0: yeah, I that's I that's I don't quite understand why they, what they want him to do in Middle Earth, other than I guess like form good relationships with the elves. Maybe maybe they want to build up him having relationships with the elves, so those seem stronger when they come to Middle Earth. Maybe.
1: Yeah, but even that is kind of going to be weird because Galadriel's gone. Like it's not like he's going to travel back
0: to reggian or Linden with Galadriel. That she's gone. She's. Yeah, but I mean, they have a whole season to do whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming most of next season will be him in Middle-earth. I don't know. That's just an assumption. Maybe
1: a love triangle between him and Bronwyn around here. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what they wanted to say.
0: What if Isildur is Theo's dad, actually? <laughs> uh, but I, I I, guess I'm assuming next, next season is going to be him doing stuff in Middle-earth, which I mean... Might be good. I might not. It depends of what they do, but yeah, he does have to get back to Numenor at some point because he's got important stuff to do there too. So
1: yeah, but we've I feel like that you know that stuff's not going to happen until like
0: season a couple three, seasons yeah. from now. So yeah,
1: probably spend a lot of next season in
0: Middle Earth. <clears throat> so the one big point from this uh, the Numenor stuff that I wanted to talk about as well was so we find out that Muriel is blind this episode. What were your mm-hmm. thoughts on that?
1: um it was fine uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of curious as to why they did it other than just they wanted something dramatic to happen they wanted some form well, of loss out of it. but
0: I think uh my my big question was is this kind of an easy way for them to get around the her being supplanted in power by our Farazan.
1: Well, but what does the blindness have to do with it? Because I think well, I mean, what's it makes her happen... less capable of a ruler. Sure, but I think that I think what I'm expecting to happen is that they're going to go back, and Numenor is going to be under Farazan's thumb a little. Like he's going to have the major influence. He's going to spin what happened here as like this was what happens when you.
0: Ally with the elves, all of that. I just don't know that. Well, see, I I think it could go that way, but I also think it could go the other way of like Farazan being like, Yes, we will go back and I will lead them. You know, like he'll be like, I will lead a a giant force back to Middle earth and I will take charge of this. And, you know, now then he is kind of, then he, if he wins a victory, he comes back and is basically has the, you know, wherewithal to kind of do whatever he wants.
1: But you would be saying then that he's not going to become king until after the expedition to Middle-earth.
0: Well, I'm kind of wondering if he's ever going to be, if they're ever going to do the, like, forced marriage between him and her part. See, I think that's coming. I think that's going to happen. See, I'm not sure, because to me the blindness, making her blind felt like maybe a cop-out way of having him gain power without ever having to do a forced marriage was my one thinking because that's a difficult plot line to do in you know like for modern tv audiences so making her blind makes him his ascension to power easier without having to do a forced marriage yeah i mean we'll see i think i would I, i find the forced marriage more interesting but I was like, hmm, maybe this is a cop-out way to get around that. I'm not a cop-out, but an easier way to get around it.
1: Yeah, it could be. It could
0: be. Um But any other thoughts on the Numenor stuff? I would say that pretty much sums it up for me as far as the the Numenor storyline. All right, so let me go to the Harfoots where they uh discover the the grove has been hit by a chunk of the volcano which i was actually happy that we i mean i I talked about last episode that i wanted the volcano to have effects beyond just the southlands and i was happy that it did i wasn't sure about the physics of that rock being i I guess we don't know how far it is being hurled but i was glad it did have effects beyond just the southlands yeah oh
1: yeah I had some trouble with the physics there because it's not like things are even ashy. Now, of course, you could yeah. say wind, but boy did that volcano hurl some some rock in a very specific spot.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was but, I, I I thought it worked for Yeah. I was just glad that they tied honestly, I was just glad that they tied the harfoot's to something else going on, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At this point, I'm a little I'm a little over the harfoot's. Um I don't feel like I ever really needed them. And uh I'll we'll be happy to see them go eventually.
0: I Here's think. my big question. Is Nori the worst thing that ever happened to the Harfoots? <laughs> Nori you know, single-handedly like, has ruined them.
1: Boy, like, did just, Nori screw them over when she said yeah. hello to the cultists. Like that was a tough beat. <laughs> I'm
0: starting I'm starting to wonder, this is what's gonna be questions about like the thematic choices of the show. It's like, okay, is the lesson of this show just like shut up and do what you're told or you like risk the lives of your entire culture because like Nori doesn't do what she's told and like gets her entire caravan destroyed and puts everybody's life in peril um Galadriel doesn't do what she's told and potentially brings Sauron back convinces Sauron to return to Middle-earth as a result um so is the lesson just like shut up and do what you're told <laughs> like is that the theme of it could the show? Be the lesson it could be the lesson because <laughs> that's I, the theme. I, I thought Gilgalad was wrong. I thought they were saying like Gil was wrong when he talked about you know how like you know if you resist evil you could just spread it further. But the show is really you know saying that that, that might be true. I don't know.
1: We'll see where they go. Uh, yeah, tough week for Nori.
0: Uh, yeah. Is and,
1: Nori uh, Sauron?
0: Well, <laughs> Judgy. Judging from the episode 8 preview, yeah. we can't rule we, it out.
1: We have probably the most Sauron-y look of any character so far. Yeah.
0: Uh, but anyway, so this episode we see uh, Gandalf trying to heal... The, I'm sorry, Meteor Man trying to heal the tree. Uh, and then the, the priestesses come after him and destroy the village. Yes. Uh, was that, so I have to ask, was I the only person that was getting extremely Gandalf-y vibes from this episode? Honestly, I didn't really get Gandalf vibes at all. Okay. I to mean, me, I got episode... certainly
1: like magicy, wizardy vibes, but not necessarily Gandalf in any okay. particular
0: way. Because to me, like this episode very much read as like them trying to do a explanation of like here is why Gandalf has always had an, a a tight bond with the hobbits. That's kind of well, how it I felt mean to I. Me.
1: I wouldn't necessarily say that was anything particular to the episode. I would say, if you're reading it that way, I mean, the whole series would give you that vibe, right?
0: Yeah, it was just. I I think it was kind of the way they did him, like part parting from them. It was like, uh, oh, like this is like they're trying to do, like this is the origin of Gandalf's love for the hobbits. I mean, I'm really, I'm really hoping that's not the case, but I'm getting, I'm starting to get more concerned that it's Gandalf.
1: Yeah i'm still holding on to hope i mean that it's not we'll see um what did you make of the the stars uh the mention of the stars by saddock saddock says he gives him the map and says uh the harfoots haven't seen these stars in like over a thousand years but presumably why would you not see stars for
0: over a thousand years they're up in the sky to be seen yeah i don't i i'm still very confused by that part i'm still a lot of it still confuses me because i don't quite understand what the priestess's interest in all of this is i don't understand i don't really understand anything of what's going on i'm really hoping we get an explanation this season because like okay i'm still at a complete loss about like what is what why is this relevant to the story I mean, my guess would be that we
1: will at least get an explanation for what the those people are up to, what the priestesses are up to, what, why they're after the stranger. We'll get something, some kind of explanation, either for the stars or for the stranger. Something's going to happen. Yeah. But. Because I'm really curious, like, who are those people? Are they just Sauron's
0: like acolytes? Are they something else? obviously they some kind of power yeah so if they're Sauron's acolytes then that would mean that Sauron has to have been kind of kind of observing things from behind the scenes for a while now I would assume yeah like he's been kind of pushing things because I mean when you get down to it there's two possibilities either Sauron is behind the scenes and he's been kind of moving these pieces around and that makes a lot of things make sense Or Sauron has been on screen and he's just been a mopey human for the whole time and now nothing makes sense.
1: And this is why I'm telling you either Sauron is not Halbrand or the show is just trash. Because everything that they have done, including their mentions of Sauron, right? What have they said about Sauron in the show, right? We know he was Morgoth's lieutenant. We know that he was kind of the next Dark Lord afterward. We know... From what Adar said, that he devoted himself to healing Middle Earth, but by bringing things into order, right by like kind of like using power to kind of impose his will on the world, and that there was something missing from his his formula. He couldn't quite accomplish what he wanted, and then he disappears because Adar says he killed him, but obviously he's not dead. So. Okay, and then we have these kind of dark, evil people, and like when the show goes evil, it's affiliated with Sauron. Mm -hmm. Okay, so at no point does the show say Sauron might be like wandering aimlessly, or (laughs) he might be reconsidering his options. Like he He might might be on a. The show never never gives you any indication, but what they do give you is they give you every reason to believe that he is behind a lot of the things that are going on on screen. He is the mind behind, you know, these priestesses. He is the mind, maybe even behind what Adar is doing, despite what Adar might think. He is the one behind what's going on in Aregion slash Linden. Like that makes so much sense. And it makes the show so much better yeah. than if Sauron is Halbrand. Because if Sauron is Halbrand, Halbrand doesn't make sense as a character. And oh, Quinn, he's just repentant.
0: He's just a repentant yeah. Sauron, you know. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a a just...
0: repentant Sauron who made some extremely baffling choices. Uh,
1: unbelievably baffling choices. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh,
1: it, yeah. There's so much explaining to do if, he, if Halbrand is Sauron. There's so much explaining to do, and there's so many scenes that they shot with Halbrand that are just like completely baffling as to why would you shoot that? Or why would you give him that line of dialogue if he's Sauron? It really doesn't make sense. So Okay.
0: We, so I, maybe we I, I should w-
1: just get into the <laughs> get into the leaks and the everything.
0: Well, we gotta talk about we gotta talk about Kazadoom first. Okay, yeah, yeah. let's do talk that. about Kazadoom. Um but All I'll say just briefly on that is, I really want the, what you're saying to be true. But if we look at it from a macro standpoint, we have Halbrand, who is a man who likes to forge, wants to exploit other people's weaknesses, has a mysterious past, and has influence over Farazon and is now headed no. to Oregion.
1: No. Okay, hold on. But
0: your cherry. That's all picking. I'll say. That's the thing. I, I know. Your cherry. I'm
1: sorry. I could. I could pick a bunch of other facts that are like this guy is not Sauron.
0: Okay, yes, I, I agree, but all of those are things that are are not very subtle clues toward him being Sauron. I don't want it to be true. I'm just saying those things aren't. We're not very subtly placed, uh, and it would lead could lead you to believe that. So that's all. We'll talk about this. We can talk about this more, but yeah Um, let's talk about i have i have a lot of thoughts on on all of that let's uh, talk about uh, um elrond and duran stuff yeah um and i i have to say like it's so it's so interesting to me how this show can introduce some characters and after seven episodes you still feel barely anything you know barely anything about the character and then in one episode introduces or or doesn't introduce but delves deeper into a character like during the third and you immediately like to me he was like maybe the best character of this episode oh yeah i I i don't understand how those two things exist in the same show yeah i'm a little puzzled like you
1: said by their decision to really not feature him at all and like he's like almost a zombie in the other episodes and then all of a sudden then this episode you get a lot more insight into him and all of a sudden you feel like oh wow this is a really like rich character and i thought that was like amazing stuff the the scenes between the durans the scenes with duran and Disa, the scenes with duran and elrond i thought that was some of the best stuff the show's done
0: yeah yeah i think i agree i like it's so i don't understand how those how they can have such strong writing on one side and then have like such weak writing on the other because yeah the the Duran stuff. In one episode, they gave me like, I I under I understand a lot more about that where that character is emotionally and like his motivations, that or like where he is as a as a character than I I do under like someone like Bronwyn who's been on screen for seven episodes. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, very true, very true, and like. So much of what I think of this episode is going to be tied to where they go with the story. Yeah. Because there's an interpretation of what happened that I love that like, okay, let's say that so my theory, my working theory is that the mithril being the element to save the elves is a lie from Sauron. And that the only real tie, like the reason that the mithril healed the leaf is because that's how Sauron set it up. Because Sauron's end game is not to like poison the tree in Linden. It's to gain the trust of the elves and get them to do what he wants. So of course, whatever magic he's using is going to like give them some evidence that, oh, mithril really works for this. So like all of that works. And then you add the element of Doran Third is like this old wise king who understands both that whatever is happening to the elves is happening because that's the way the Valar have determined things or that's the way arrow has determined things and that it's not the place of the dwarves or the elves themselves to try to like manipulate events to save Mm -hmm. them from something natural happening to them. And that mining for mithril is something that's dangerous and something that like there's these warning signs about. So like all of that really works well in a certain interpretation of the show. But of course there's the other interpretation of the show where the mithril magic is real and where during the third is just being a dick and where during the fourth is going to overcome what his dad says and help save the elves
0: or something so to where, that extent. Yeah. Here's where I'm really struggling with it because on one hand, the show is is not subtly telling us that Durin the 3rd is right. We literally exactly. saw him throw the leaf down and there's a Balrog down there. Yeah. So, like, he's clearly right that you should not go mining after the Mithril. Like, that is, like, I don't see how they could backtrack off that. Like, that is the correct thing. Like, Durin the 4th is to me, it's what the show is saying is, like, during the 4th is being power-hungry and young and doesn't realize that his dad is right. Um, yeah. But then, like, I, I'm like, I like that. But then we see that the Mithril Magic is real.
1: Well, but that's the thing. Is it real? I mean, it's real to an extent, but is it real in the way that the elves think it's real? Or is it real in that Sauron has set that up? That's so, like, the question for me. So
0: Sauron, like, Engineered a, a a botanical disease that has mithril antibodies.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like, I mean, what if he can engineer a biological disease for the tree? Why wouldn't he make it affected I mean, by mithril? I guess mithril? that's true.
0: I guess that's true. That makes sense, right? But... Like,
1: that's his whole end game is to have the elves. If this is his lie, if this is his story, he really needs the elves to get invested in this, and he needs the dwarves to get invested th- in this, and you know, to then join forces and do whatever Sauron wants them to do. He's not doing it because he wants the tree and Linden to die. He's doing it because he wants whatever his design, he wants that to come about. He wants essentially, let's be honest, he wants the rings of power to be forged. Right. So I like, it all makes sense. And you have the added element of the show is kind of layering on this piece of, mining for mithril is really something that's inspired by sauron and it's like kind of got these elements of darkness to it right and they're setting up a potential really tragic turn for Durin the fourth in that during the fourth presumably will eventually accept a ring of power and potentially get obsessed with mining mithril
0: right i mean i, I that's what I, I agree that that is a good arc, but
1: that's I, a really well written show, and I, I
0: just I have massive questions about whether or not that's what's going to happen.
1: Okay, so but, I okay, mean, so, that's why that's so much hinges on episode eight. This yeah. show becomes either a really good show, like above average, well above average, or it becomes a really bad show.
0: <laughs>
1: I've never I've never been in a in a position where a show can just hinge so dramatically on one episode
0: yeah yeah i i totally agree i'm like i'm very concerned about that's why it was such a weird experience watching the episode Is because like okay this is pretty good but there's so many red flags about what they might do in episode eight that i was just like i do yeah. not know like i don't know how to feel about this because yeah. i'm like super <laughs> concerned that this show is just gonna go off a cliff in episode yeah. eight um,
1: okay what do you make of uh um the balrog just in terms of not not in terms of like where the show's going necessarily in the sauron plot but like are they just like easter egging the balrog and being like oh yeah it's bad idea for to mine for mithril there's a balrog there or are we gonna have a little balrog destruction
0: ahead so i think i mean the, the balrog definitely hits the snooze button for now yes. goes back to sleep I do think I I do think there's no way that there's no way they don't show us they should there's no way they show us a Balrog now and that doesn't come back up at some point in the series. Yeah, right. I mean, it would seem incredibly implausible that they won't bring it up. But here's the other thing: like, this is another thing that makes me really question what they're doing because, like, if you were going to bring the Balrog later in the series the best thing to do would be to just have the leaf float down and burn and not show the Balrog. Like that would be the smart you way to do it. Think. Like if you show it now, like you just kill. Maybe, right, maybe
1: there was just a, a, a really industrious, uh, like graphic designer who made the Balrog and showed <laughs> yeah. it to them and was like, and they were like blown away. And they're like, we were planning to have a Balrog, <laughs> but like, that's really good. <laughs>
0: Well, that's what I'm wondering. I was like, do they do they just want like a trailer shot? Because like, I don't understand. Like, just have the leaf float down and have the leaf burn. That sets it up perfectly. Like we know something yeah. is dangerous. Like you yeah. just showed the Balrog now. So now, like we know the second that they start mining deep, you know, that's going to be what they find. It would certainly be
1: really weird if the show never showed the Balrog again. What if we check in with him every episode,
0: every season? <laughs> <laughs> still asleep
1: it's like an episode seven thing still asleep Still asleep. Think, i mean it's, they it's like, also they super like weird throw,
0: like lighter and lighter <laughs> objects to see if it like disturbs him it's like a feather yeah uh. it's
1: it's super weird too that um there's just giant shaft of mithril right with an open bottom yeah. where the where sleeps the balrog he is disturbed and awakened from sleep by a leaf
0: and yeah, yet I also to believe like,
1: that there's thousands of years of mithril mining ahead without him waking up.
0: Well, and like does Unless... every every single every single time like a rock breaks off and falls, he like gets up and he like rah! <laughs> I just
1: I just right. I just realized, right, right, we could be in for Duran the Fourth's silent mining of method. <laughs> he's, he's got silent <laughs> vacuums and
0: tiny padded hammers uh, with which they Mind the mithril, you know, they did set that up. They did tell us that Disa did say that you know that kind of rock doesn't come out with hammers, it yeah, comes out, yes. you know, you have to like pry it out, you know, you don't just chisel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, that left me like so confused about where that storyline is going because I mean, are they just going to drop the mithril storyline now? Well,
1: no. That's what I'm like also confused. They they have to mine Mithril eventually, whether they do it now, whether they do it in a season. Like, the dwarves mine Mithril. We know that. That's a key element of their plot development in in the books. Yeah. And, like, I'm. I don't know if you've ever seen this. There's a quote from Tom Shippey that people speculate is what got him canned from uh, Rings of Power, where he talks about how the tolkien estate has to sign off on every major decision they make in the show and he was like sauron still has to make war on And he like listed these plot developments that are like in the the lore that basically says they're going to do so which is kind of giving away some stuff they're going to do but yeah the key element there is that the tolkien estate is actually very involved and must sign off on any like major lore breaks so for them to do something like oh the dwarves never actually mind the mithril or you know like there's all these things they could do that are major breaks i just can't see the
0: tolkien estate signing off on it okay so yeah there's so much stuff that is really like that that is kind of bothering me so when they did the trailer reveal at comic-con they obviously had the balrog in the trailer yeah, and Stephen Colbert, who is a huge Tolkien fan, like, was like, when he saw the trailer, he was like, "Wait, you know, was that was that a Balrog?" And then like, they like play it off like, "Oh, you know, like," they kind of play it off like that wasn't Durin's Bane, but it was. <laughs> and then they also talk about, I think it was at the same Comic Con panel, they talk about how they have so much second age material that they don't really have to do third age stuff.
1: Yeah, but, but like if, I couldn't. if, tell Ga- if Gandalf
0: just... is in the show and if Durin's Bane is in the show, that's complete that's complete BS. <laughs> but, like
1: Okay, so then again, it's like two ways of interpreting it, right? Are they just like, misdirecting and they were like, uh, we're not gonna do third age stuff and then they actually are. Or are they that, like, that's just lying. Generous?
0: That's just lying. Like that's just yes, straight obviously. up lying. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay, so I think it's time to to break the spoiler seal here okay and really yeah get let's, into
0: it. let's give just a, a big warning to everybody that so there have been supposed leaks about where this plot points in the show and we are going to be discussing how those pertain to episode eight so if you do not want to hear anything about episode eight you can stop listening now and if you do you might be spoiled. You might not be spoiled. Who knows? Um, okay. So, all right. I just, I want to start this conversation. I don't know if you've, maybe you've seen the same things that I have seen. I'm guessing or maybe like, maybe like Galadriel, you have not seen what I have seen. Uh, so there's, have you heard, have you heard of this, the song of T-R-O-P throwaways too? <laughs> Yes, I have delved greedily <laughs> and deep you d- into You delved, delved the lore. quite greedily and quite deep. So, just for our listeners, so there's a Reddit user who is named who goes by the Reddit username of ropthrowaways R- 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 throwaways2 who before the show started went on Reddit and posted some plot points and then also answered people's questions about plot but, points.
1: Yes, and I, I will mention Curiously, this poster never made a post. He simply said things in the comments of other posts. Yes,
0: But, but, this is where it gets dark. He has been scarily accurate. (laughs) So just a couple of cliff notes. Here's one thing he said. There is a reference to Caliborn that will make you say, wait, what? But I'm pretty sure they're planning to introduce him in a later season. That checks out tar Palantir is alive, but senile, undi- senile and dying. That's why Muriel is ruling. They don't call him that, probably to avoid confusion with the, st- with the Palantir stone. But they do call him his correct alternate name at one point. That is also what we saw this episode. Tar-Muriel calls her dad by his other name. And one more. Um... The Balrog in the trailer is 100% Steeran's bane. It's hanging out under khazad Doom. Also what we just saw. So, this guy seems to know things at least about Episode 7. That's, that's what we can safely assume. He knew what was going to happen in Episode 7. Now is when we get quite dark. He, see, he begins to talk about Episode 8 and what will happen in Episode 8. <laughs> Okay, he doesn't say episode eight. No, just to okay, be but, frank. He I mean, simply he, says certain things, but all of them would be happening in episode eight if they were going to happen. Yes. Here is okay. here is here is him talking about the stranger. It's never explicitly revealed, but it's strongly implied that he's Gandalf. By strongly implied, I mean they never call him Gandalf, but they use the word wizard. And in the season finale, he has a line that is an exact quote of something Gandalf says in the movie.
1: And Ryan, did you uh, notice where he said what that line is?
0: When in doubt, always follow your nose. Okay. Yes. Which... Is would be a a big mouthful for what we have seen from The the, uh, Stranger so far. All right. Yes. So, okay. That is point
1: number one in my, like, red flags. Okay. This guy who has never said a line of dialogue. He has thrown, like, words around. He's going to throw out, when in doubt, follow your nose. Like, color me skeptical. Something smells off about that
0: okay so that's yeah, that's one that's that i agree but that does not mean i could not see the show doing it i could i could i mean there's a no. there's a bad version of this show where they definitely do that
1: right okay exactly now having all of that said did you happen to see the post in one of it was either rings of power or uh LRTR on prime can't remember which one someone claimed in the post And this was someone who had a history in their history. They had posts and comments about how Halbrand equals Sauron. So it's not like they're just like, uh, I don't, you know, I don't believe the leaks. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether to believe them or not, but they said that they know somebody on the rings of power, social team, social media team. And that person told them that they created accounts on sites to leak fake things to, uh, Misdirect people about where the show is going.
0: Lord Bezos is a dark master of lies. <laughs> okay, so that was one thing that was like, "Ooh, now
1: uh, that would be something." If this that would was be, that would be. It's fixing. a very curious account, I told right? you because... they
0: was false. I told you they was crazy. <laughs> exactly. So, and like,
1: this is a very. ROP Throwaway 2 is a very curious account because it's created before the show like two months ago back in August yep. and it only posts for a very short window of time and then it's gone. No more posts. So like, yeah. Either the person got caught right? Or it was a misdirect or what? Like, why would this person create the account throw the comments out there and then just ghost? You know?
0: Very yeah. weird. So, bef- Let's get into... Let's get straight into the volcano, to the heart of the darkness. (laughs) So this is what ROP Throwaways 2 had to say on Sauron. If you really want to know who he is, yeah, you guessed it. He's Halbrand. In the season finale, Galadriel figures it out and confronts him, and he has a really badass line that I'm not going to spoil even if you ask me to. She realizes he is Sauron himself and they have a sort of Vader slash Luke join me never moment. Yes. If this happens, just
1: again, just we are in kill me. We are in all time bad show territory. <laughs> like I tried to make it make sense to myself that in some way that this would, this would, work. no, it doesn't work at all. And to make it even worse, there's little crumbs that we can piece together from the combination of promo shots and the trailer. Okay.
0: So we know... <laughs> Hang on. Before we start that, just let's appreciate one of the worst lines I've ever heard in a trailer. And I, I quote you the words of one Gil-Gallad, the great tree is all but bleeding leaves. <laughs> oh, what's so bad about just, that? I'm just like... It is. It's all but bleeding leaves. Like, what does that mean?
1: I think he's saying the leaves are falling.
0: I don't know. It sounded so cloudy to me. I thought it okay. sounded
1: so bad. Okay. All right. Let's reset. So, here's what we here's what we basically know. Okay. We know that Halbrand and uh, Galadriel make it to Irregian together to Athiel, because yeah. we see. In the trailer shot them galloping on horseback. She's still in her armor, and he or what I am assuming is him slumped over the horse, which totally makes sense with his wound. Somebody is very yeah. much slumped over yeah. the front of the that's horse, that's what I mentioned last and week, and is yeah. riding into a reggae. So, whatever moment between happens between them does not happen on the way to a reggae. Okay, two, we know that we see a shot in the trailer of Galadriel coming up out of the water with her knife. How do we know that's Galadriel? Because we see a promo shot of her in that same costume, which presumably she puts on when she gets to Eregion. So she has some kind of confrontation in Eregion with something, which of course also fits with the trailer shot of some tower in Eregion exploding. Maybe that's just an accident. Who knows? Something happens in Eregion. Okay, but here's the thing. If Halbrand is Sauron, that means that this Vader join me whatever moment happens in Eregion and that they likely have some kind of fight in Eregion. Well, what does Sauron need to do in Eregion? He needs to gain the trust of literally the entire kingdom and forge rings of power there. What are the odds that if Galadriel's there and she knows he's Sauron and she's fighting him, how in the world do you square that circle as a writer? Uh, there is no conceivable way to make it make sense. Yeah, And, and we have to have Celebrimbor, an elf, who is like, clearly this guy is pretty arrogant and pretty into himself. Why in the world would he trust a random man of the Southlands,
0: no matter how smart that guy is? Well that it that doesn't is make like yeah, any sense. That's like the thing that makes no sense, like oh, this random dude from the Southlands shows up and suddenly knows how to like forge stuff.
1: Yes. Um, we, we have we also have we have in the ROP throwaway to uh uh comments, we have he's he says he does meet Celebrimbor, he referring to Halbrand, and very pointedly uses the word gift in their conversation. I I am aghast The idea of Halbrand's getting there. He's like on death's door. He's in some kind of healing room or something. Eventually he meets Celebrimbor and he's like, Celebrimbor, I have gifts I could get. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Nothing makes sense if Halbrand is Sauron. Everything makes sense if Halbrand is not. And I could definitely see (laughs) Halbrand being like, he could, I, I think the show could really easily, and they've set it up he could be someone who has like a history with Sauron or he knows Sauron or he has like worked with Adar in the past. Like maybe Adar was the one who stabbed him on the road, you know, because they kind of ran into each other or something and he doesn't want to get into his history, but he has said so many things throughout the show that allude to a dark past in a way that Sauron would never admit to whether he's repentant or not. Sauron wouldn't tell Galadriel, you don't know what I've done, what we had to do to survive. Like what? That doesn't make any sense for Sauron. Well, because it, yeah, if he's hiding it, yeah. his identity, he's terrible at it. Yeah. And if he's
0: trying to manipulate her, he's also terrible at it. Because because yeah, because two things can't be true at the same time. He can't have been manipulating her to get back to the Southlands while also being repentant at the same time. Exactly. Those things don't work together.
1: Exactly. And if he's okay, if he's manipulating her, what's the end game? To go back to the Southlands and be king of like random villagers? Yeah. It, that doesn't make sense. And like people now saying like, oh, the 4D chess move, he wanted to get to Region. It's so, like, you mean to tell me he predicted this whole series of events where he would go to the Southlands and the Southlands a Volcano would explode and <laughs> Galadriel would for sure survive and he would get stabbed himself and just trust that Galadriel is going to get there. And that when she gets there, she'll take him to Eregion. Like, he couldn't think of a better way to get to Eregion than that? Like, something a little more reliable?
0: The the whole... It would just be, like, a complete misunderstanding of the story because, like, Sauron shows up in Eregion as, like, I am this powerful guy who can bestow on you, like, this knowledge of how to to create, you know, rings of power that will allow you to master the world. Yes. And you're now taking that to like a random dude who just, who has no kingdom shows up and like can teach you how to forge some cool stuff. Yeah. Like, exactly. And then not to mention all of the behind the scenes things that don't make sense, because if Halbrand is Sauron, then Celeborn, like the only thing with Celeborn that makes sense is that he is coming back from the dead because if he's in like a prison if he's in, like, Sauron's prison, then that doesn't make sense if Sauron is Halbrand. So that doesn't make sense. The, who the priestesses are taking orders from doesn't make sense. If he's been MIA and been, like, moping this whole time. um, And then, like, it's just, like, all, all of the things... And then the biggest thing, obviously, the biggest thing is if Halbrand is Sauron, then that means that the Mithril preventing the elves from fading thing is true and course, that ruins yeah. the whole show for me of course because but... the like so that means the elves really are fading by spring like that's
1: completely idiotic right and it sets up huge problems for them because no matter what happens the elves are yes they're going to forge rings of power but they're going to have to take them off immediately once Sauron yeah. forges the one ring so and they just have
0: to eat mithril pills the rest of the show
1: it doesn't make any sense no sense. And additionally, like further things that are problems, right? One, maybe again, maybe they're lying, but in, in an interview before the season started, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay said that in specifically talking about villains, they were like, the villains will kind of come along later. We wanted the first season to focus on, you know, the kind of heroes of the story. Like, we don't really want to focus... This isn't, like, a, an evil-driven show. We wanted the first season to show, fo- showcase, like, the heroic characters, and then evil will come along later. Okay, 100% lie if Halbrand, who has been one of the key focuses of the season, is actually literally Sauron. Mm. And then, two, we did you happen to see the interview... Uh, well, it was more of a feature piece with uh, about season two um, of Rings of Power. Um, uh
0: yeah the Hollywood Reporter piece yeah right yeah
1: we know that mid-season next season I mean or we can read between the lines by middle of next season Sauron is attacking Eregion because we know we have a multi-episode battle so what could that be it's pretty obvious what the next big battle is so for for Halbrand to go from he doesn't have an army he doesn't have anything like if he's Sauron He has to be this weirdly repentant Sauron. Um, And if he is, he doesn't really have anything. He doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have an army. He doesn't have anything. He would just be pure opportunism. He would be like, oh, here's some rings of power. So you you mean to tell me that in a few episodes of TV, he's going to go from nothing, no plan, to he's forged the rings of power with the elves. He forges the one ring. He gathers an army and he attacks a Regian. Like for a show that is not pacing itself incredibly quickly, that is an unbelievably fast twist for a character.
0: Yeah. And I have no idea how you would accomplish it. Yeah. I, I There's so many, like there's just so many things that I would not understand. And the other thing too, I think like there's been a lot of people that are really, like really pushing like, oh, like there's these lines in Tolkien's books where, you know, he talks about how Sauron, tried to thought about you know repenting and turning from his evil ways and that's what the show is doing but it's pretty clear that what sauron was thinking of doing was like i can fix things on my own i like i can yes. fix things i can set these right it wasn't like he was repented in like i'm gonna go mope on a boat yeah. it was like yeah. i can use my power to set things right and that's ultimately always his downfall is like he he relies on his own power too much he thinks too, too highly of himself right um and and so like and so like the idea that his repentance is like just like moping and trying to get away from everything just like completely misunderstands the character of sauron to me exactly it's
1: it's it's such a total like such a total misreading of the character of sauron and the show seems to have nodded at the tolkienian understanding of sauron right that he wanted to heal things by bringing things into like perfect order and like under his power. So like they've already mentioned that. And the writers seem, well, the showrunners at least really do seem to have an understanding and an appreciation of Tolkien's themes and the way Tolkien wrote. So for them to go this route would be just, it would be so bad. I can't even imagine how bad it would be at this point. Yeah. I, When I first found the Rings of Power throwaway two account, I was in a dark place. When I texted you, I I was in a dark place. When
0: I texted you and I said that episode left me in a very Uh, dark uh, place, uh, it was after I read that (laughs) I was like, uh, "Oh oh my god, you've got." (laughs) But here's here's where here's where I'll just offer a little bit of hope, which is a, I think it's quite possible that there were dummy scripts for Episode Eight that were made. And yes. B, I'm guessing that the script for episode eight was kept very locked down.
1: Well, we know from interviews with the actors that most of the actors have no idea that they got redacted scripts like okay. the I saw an interview where literally like the the actor who plays Tarmir, like it's a group of them that are talking and like the actor who plays Tar Mariel is like, yeah, I can't wait to see episode eight because I don't know what happens, you mm-hmm. know like Kella Brimbor's character or Charles Edwards seems to know kind of like, is like, yeah, we like definitely kept it like under lock and key. And the, only, the people who were in the scenes know what happens basically. So the idea that they would have such poor security around this after putting so much effort into it, that some person who I don't know, he says, I saw the episodes for work. Right. So presumably someone who's like writing subtitles or doing post-production or something, But like, you mean to tell me they're like letting somebody like that just post on Reddit? I get that it's possible, (laughs) but it seems like you would have things in place, right? To prevent someone from doing that.
0: You would hope so. God, I was just like, if these, if these, yeah, this Reddit stuff is true, I I don't see a single possible way it works for me. It's so weird having a show that can take like, there's only two paths it can take and they're so wildly divergent, basically. (laughs)
1: It really is. It's it's totally oh, yeah. bizarre in that, like... Yeah. If this... if this, What's annoying is that, like, I wouldn't even be thinking about it any, anymore if this leak hadn't happened. Like, I would yeah. be so convinced that Halbrand is not Sauron that it wouldn't even entertain the possibility.
0: Yeah. Because the whole Mithril thing doesn't make sense, if it's true. It's just, like, I've been thinking about it, and it doesn't. Like, the idea... Because that would mean that the elves really are fading by spring. And that just doesn't make any sense. right? And the other thing that I've heard people talk about is like in the world where this leaks are true, basically what happens is the elves realize that they can't get mithril from uh, the... They can't get enough mithril to survive. So they come up with this alternate method, which is making a mithril ring of power. And that's how they decide they're going to survive. Right,
1: exactly. So they turn the nugget into a ring of power. Which again has the huge problem of being oh wait what happens when they take the ring
0: of power off and never use it again. Yeah uh, and it's also just kind of like a cop out totally solution dying. for like it, it works if it's a lie but if that's like the actual solution. Right
1: and and here's the thing too right if you're coming from a world of Tolkien where the rings of power themselves were an invention of Sauron. They were his idea. Yeah. And now you're flipping that and saying they were actually necessary to save the elves. Like, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense if the Rings of Power were like some good thing that was really needed.
0: Yeah. That really doesn't make sense. The more I think about it, the more it doesn't make sense. This series is called the
1: Rings of Power. You would think that they have a conception Uh, of what the Rings of Power are.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I... And the more I think about it, the only thing that would actually work for me as a story is that, yeah, Galadriel shows up with Halbrand in Eregion next week and Sauron is already there. Right. Yeah. And
1: presumably, like, Galadriel is going to... if, If Sauron is there, and my guess would be if that's what happens... Nobody is going to realize who Sauron is, but we will get some kind of reveal that like tells the audience, this is Sauron, right? Celebrimbor will introduce somebody or somebody will oversee something. Something will happen.
0: Well, it seems like Galadriel is fighting somebody. So I'm wondering if that's what that is.
1: Yeah, I just think it would be weird if it was Sauron that she's fighting because like then she would know Sauron's there and a lot of stuff has to happen in Eregion you know
0: yeah uh there is the whole there is the one factor that i think could play into things is nobody knows No, none of the elves know that galadriel like didn't jumped off the boat so maybe that kind of makes her a bit of a pariah that she like disobeyed the order is the only thing that like celebrimbor tries to sideline her because he views her as she's getting in his way and he can use that as leverage to like kind of push her out. I don't know. Yeah. Like she pushes back on him and he uses that to push her out basically.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could definitely, I think it would be definitely fitting if she like sniffs out that something's going on and that something's wrong. I just think it would be a little weird if she actually literally knew, oh, that's Sauron right there. And Mm. she doesn't, like this woman was willing to like wreck anything to get Sauron. And if she yeah. knows where Sauron is, like she's not going to like let that things happen. That's you know? true. So, one other thing, like last thing that doesn't make sense is that if the show was, we know right that they were incredibly secretive about Episode Eight and about the key reveals of Episode Eight. Okay, how does it make sense then that whenever there's interviews with uh, Morphid Clark and Uh, Charlie Vickers they're just constantly dropping hints like like they ask char they ask them what their favorite moments are for their characters and Charlie Vickers says episode eight but I can't tell you why like okay well that's clear what you're alluding to they ask uh, Morphin Clark about the moment between her and uh, Hal Brand in episode six after the battle where they're kind of like connecting and whatever and she goes cosmic tension like another massive hint like they wouldn't be dropping hints like this if this was something that they were desperate to keep under wraps in my opinion it's just too weird like it's such a conflict Mm. yeah on the other hand they would be dropping hints like that (sighs) if they were told to drop
0: hints like that you know yeah I mean here's the thing the show definitely wants people to be theorizing this that is one thing that is unquestionably yes. they, so but, whether or not they're doing that as red herring or whether or not they're actually is true is still up in the air but they definitely want you to be thinking this they definitely want people to be theorizing that yes
1: um, but we'll see we'll see what happens I can't wait for Friday now I'm I'm just like dying to know
0: I I might be in a very dark mood. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'll either be in a great mood or an incredibly uh, bad mood after watching that episode. I don't Um, know what's going to happen. Here's the other thing. Just one more thing that why this would make it really bad. is because think about if, if he's Sauron, think about what that means Galadriel did. If Galadriel just sails to Valinor, everything is fine. But instead, she drags Sauron back to Middle-earth, helps create, or is there to, like, when Mordor is created, and then hand delivers Sauron to Celebrimbor to forge the rings. She literally, like, she literally, like, causes all of this stuff, basically. Yeah, exactly. She, like,
1: okay, if he's Sauron, where was he going on that boat? Like, they really would have to explain that because.
0: It just makes no and sense And why did he take that pseudonym? Like he doesn't know he's gonna run into Galadriel. Why well, does he right, take like, that like w- yeah. Why take yeah, why take the sigil
1: of the of this King of the Southlands? Like clearly he'd have to kill somebody or something for it, or picks yeah. it up from a dead guy, like you said, maybe. But if he's gonna do that and then be like, Oh, I don't really want this, I'd rather just stay here and be a blacksmith. What's the endgame there, Sauron? Because the move of taking the thing is clearly like this 4D chess manipulation move. And yet, if Galadriel hadn't pushed him, he would have just stayed in Numenor.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, on that optimistic note, he <laughs> can head into the finale.
1: Again, this show's either really, really bad <laughs> or it's good. So there's really no middle ground here.
0: Yeah, it's. I can't imagine if. It, yeah, I just kind of imagine what some of the fan bases. It's like it's, it's really
1: It's really too uh, bleak for me to imagine. Yeah. At this point.
0: I mean, if that honestly, if that's true, I will watch season two. But I am out on the show if that happens.
1: I mean, the show would have to massively redeem itself in season yeah. two. I have no idea how it would do that, but to me, season one would then become like... I mean, we're talking like Game of Thrones season eight level of awful. <laughs> like, we're talking Bran the Broken here. Brand the the Broken, is, that's yeah. what we're talking about yeah. here.
0: Who has a better story than Bran? It might be worse than uh, Bran the Broken, actually. <laughs> I mean, it would be just because the what what they had to work off of versus what the game of thrones yeah
1: and like the way they've set things up like it was like in game of thrones it was like a clumsily telegraphed like oh this guy would be a good king it's not like uh here's like flashing neon lights that say this guy wouldn't be a good king and then they just change course and make him king i feel like that's what
0: they would be doing with Halbrand and sauron (sighs) Alright, well, we will talk to you all next week. Hold who on to what, the light.
1: Who knows what the mood will be? <laughs> Hold right. on.
0: Talk to you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. See now and ever come